This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. Of course, kindly sponsored by those great guys and girls at Shortland Horn, Coventry's leading estate agents. Dean, obviously with you here this evening, and it's just a two-ball tonight. Joining me is is the one and only Ross. Ross, back in the fold with me this evening. How are you, fella? Oh, I'm very well, uh, Dino, mate. I, it, it brings back great memories from the pandemic season when me and you were hosting the lives after our bitterly disappointing defeats to QPR yeah, so, and, um, and the rest and the rest but no it's great to be with you and we, we should have a great podcast for everyone tonight fingers crossed obviously um you know it's, it's, it's always a crazy week isn't it in the land of all things sky blue and it no more so than than this week a lot of things going on um what's 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 your thoughts what's your overview of the week I think a frustrating week um I think as it has sort of has been in the sort of last sort of five six games, it sort of the results haven't been sort of ideal. Um, obviously, we had a, a run of sort of good performances, didn't we? Uh, or like yeah. really great performances, didn't get what we deserved, and then we sort of let ourselves down a little bit. Just the sloppiness is probably how I describe this week. Sloppiness. Um, I don't want to tiredness, use tiredness. Tiredness as well. I don't want to get into that. I don't want to no? uh, entertain that excuse i mean i don't okay. get me wrong they did we do look tired i yeah, do agree but i don't like hearing robbins come out and say we're still feeling the effects from playing extra time three weeks ago you know i i, I we do look tired so he's right but I'm, I'm just thinking why you know all these other teams cardiff they, they yeah, play the same amount of games you know um so it's been i think the sloppiness has crept in because we're tired and as a result our play just hasn't been as slick um and that was evident again on Saturday as well. And yeah, so it's one of those where I just feel like if we can just keep getting, I mean, Reading was another one, wasn't it? Not a great yeah. performance. Got to, got to win. Um, so actually, you know, you look, you look at it and you go, well, two wins from three, In all three, three games. Have been, yeah. yeah. Then actually 
if we can just get those performances back again and then turn those positive performances into results, we could actually potentially be onto something good because they're not far away. But saying that, you know, knowing Coventry City will put the performances in there and, and not and, get any points, like, you know, huge chunks this season. You look at big games this season, even against Barnsley away early in the season, we played so well that day and come away with absolutely nothing. So it's it's you, you don't always get what you deserve, do you? That's the thing. No, you don't. And I mean, I, I was sort of getting, it was nice, it's sort of nice now and then when you hear, you know, opposition managers come out and sort of say, oh, really good team. But I, I sort of got sick to that. death. I got yeah. bored a bit, mate. I, I'm done. I'm done with, you know, managers coming out <laughs> yeah, and saying. Yeah, that's the first one. That's the first Fans, one today. Get, that's your tally. That starts your tally if, chart if, off. If, if you want a drinking game, everybody, get get, get a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> Every time I say done, you've got to uh, take a shot. Well, uh, we'll but no, before the end of the card, okay? <laughs> but I... Uh, no, you, you. But I, I'm sick to t- uh, sick to death of it, to be honest, because it was sort of like, and you know, Mark Robbins said, and he said, if I had a pan for every time we've been told we're the best team, I'd be a very happy man. I was thinking, well, and you'd we'd you'd probably have... be able to afford that well, striker we well, need. Well, <laughs> I, I thought about it. I thought if you got a pound, you'd, you'd have thirty-two pound, mate. So I bet you'd be, <laughs> bet you'd be delighted. But, uh, but, uh, but no, we, um, we, yeah, we need to turn those. I mean, we need to be ruthless. You know, we, you know, we need to, we need to kill a team off when we're when we're all over them. Um, and I feel like that will, that will come. Um, but yes, all in all, it's been, you know, I guess you look at it and you go, well, six points from possible nine, you, you can't sort of, you know, uh, be too disappointed with that, but the performances have left a little bit to be desired. Yeah. Which, taste, yeah. Yeah. Which, but then having said that, you know, there's not been too many games this season, you know, where we've sort of gone, I'm really, you know, that, that was disappointing. You can, mm-hmm. I could probably count them on one hand, really, you know, obviously Luton, yeah, but you're oh. from Leicester, so you got six on that oh, hand. <laughs> hey, the I'm, actually, I'm actually the only person mate, from Leicester. <laughs> uh, I think I was lucky. Uh, but no, but Millwall was obviously very disappointing, wasn't it? Um, and and then obviously, yeah, there's been the odd half here and there, Preston second half, Derby second yeah. half. But there's not been too many. You know, all in all, the performances have been really good. Um, and I, but Cardiff... A lot better than last year. If you, oh. you sort of compare it to last year, it's chalk and cheese, isn't it? And we have to... You know, we we can't do anything but smile, really, and be happy with what's ha- what's going on. We've got to be delighted. You know, I mean, I was sort of frustrated. You know, in the, in when you're in the heat at the moment, the, you know, Cardiff it was disappointing. We were all on our Sky was extra chat, and that you know, everyone was just frustrated because you felt like it was just a huge opportunity went missing because I thought they were appalling. Yeah, um, they were. And that, yeah. That's why it was really frustrating because I thought they didn't have to do very much at all. Um, and, you know, had we played even a fraction of how we played against Blackpool first half or Stoke, the list goes on, Middlesbrough away, Southampton, we, we'd have we'd have tore them apart, I think. Um, and we sort of just slept walked. That was the most sort of similar to last season's performance, Cardiff was. Yeah. You know, where we were very passive and we sort of, you know, we had all the ball in the first half, but probably had about two shots, you know, which which is unlike us. Like, we normally register, you know, double-figure shots, don't we, you know, in each half. Like luster in possession, I thought. Yeah. You know, we, you, you can pass it around as much as you like, but when you haven't got that quality to break through, it, what was, like you said, a really poor Cardiff side, although they were set up quite well in, in defensive structure-wise, they were set up quite well, but we should have had enough quality to break through that for sure. Yeah, it's, it's about tempo, isn't it? I feel like when our tempo of our passing just drops, even just a little notch, we just don't flow, you know. And I saw that again, you know, on Tuesday, um, on Tuesday night against Cardiff, especially the three centre backs. They're just moving it just a half a, you know, a beat too slow. I felt. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was earlier in the season we were sort of it was ticking along, it was fast paced, and you sort of went, okay. I felt like it was very laboured. We, we yeah, got I'm glad you said backs. that. It feels like 
when they get the ball in possession, they've got to take an extra touch and they've got to get it out there, zip it quick, first yeah. time, bang, get it out of your feet and get it get it wide to those wing backs because you know, the momentum goes, doesn't it? That's the problem. When you lose that momentum, that speed, that energy, then it gives the opposition time to get back into shape and deal with any any issues that are going to occur from that point. Yeah, exactly. And that's what Cardiff did. They just shuffled from one side to the rest. Because also, when we get it out to the wing-backs, for some reason on Tuesday, we just decided not to play forward and just knock it straight back. So you would see, you know, um, Bidwell on Tuesday night, it was, and, you know, uh, Rose you know, play one twos all night yeah. <laughs> just between themselves. And then you'd have the same on the, the right side. And there was, we, it was, it was a game where you just, we, there was no options in, in midfield. We didn't connect it well enough. Um, and it looks great, you know, when we've got the ball and Cardiff can't sort of get near us, but then we just didn't create enough, did we? The tempo, the final touch, sloppy. Um, and it was a funny one because I don't felt we, I don't, I didn't feel we actually deserved to be 2-0 two, two down. I didn't think no. Cardiff did enough. To be no, they didn't. No, definitely um, not. There was a, they had a couple of chances, didn't they? Yeah. Which we'll we'll talk about those yes. chances. But um, they there was no real quality for them to, to you know to to win two 0 at the end of the day. And I'm just looking at the passing stats now. Unfortunately, no, no Andy tonight for for those stats. So just taking a quick look now myself. Um, the passes, you know, 666 to their 369. So you know, nearly double what they what they offered. So, but. You can pass it along the back line all you like. I would I hazard a guess that more than half of those were between yeah. you know the back five. Hundred percent. And and, and what, what good's that really? I mean, no. it, it was sort of. I mean, we look at it and, like you say, you you, you sort of step back after the game finishes. You look at it from a grand, you know, big uh, scheme of things, and you go, you know what, we improved so much, so much, you know, boundless from last season. You know, we got battered at Cardiff last year, you know, I think it was 3-1 or whatever. Um, and and there was a lot more regular poor performances. You know, we, we we were having these conversations every other week, it felt like, you know, whereas this year has been sort of few and far between. I just feel like because we have sort of got a small squad, when we, we, we're missing people, you know, you got... I feel like what was evident this week was... Hamer, I think. It, Hamer is an indiv- individual missing him, but also the fact we haven't got any other central midfielders because yeah. Kelly's injured. And I'm thinking, who and do Eccles we... Is injured, yeah. Eccles is injured. So you suddenly go, yes, Hamer's great and we want him to be playing, but we've had games earlier in the season, Fulham, and when he hasn't been playing and we and we played really well, but suddenly Kelly just can't get himself fit. Um, yeah, Kelly's almost doing what Dabo and Rose did last year. You know, he yeah. comes back, he just cannot stay fit. And obviously Eccles, unfortunately injured as well so then you look at it and i just think we had no no literally no options, options unless, yeah unless you're gonna put shipley in center mid i don't know who we could possibly put on there and then that just sort of stood out i think against cardiff you sort of went where's that person to link it to o'hare um and the moment i mean we should have had a penalty i guess we talk about that yeah yeah, no. yeah let's, let's let's go on to the penalty um you know we will come back and talk about a couple of those cardiff chances and a a couple of things that may have crept into our game defensively, but let's talk about that penalty mm. because it's it's a stonewall, isn't it? Okay, the first one, probably not. I know people are calling it a dive, but I don't think it's a dive because Aidan Flint is a big fella and he's going to knock you out. If he knocks you when you're in stride, you're going to fall over. It's just, yeah. you know, that's physics, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's how that works. Um, and then... You know, it's a stonewall, isn't it? He gets clipped twice by the goalkeeper. He basically grabs his uh, calf. Yeah, and yeah. What is the lino doing there? Because he has to have 
vision of that. And, you know, the, the referee himself, he's, he's probably blocked out by a couple of bodies. Okay, fine. But the linesman has to make a decision at that point. And it is a stonewall penalty on any, and, on any day, in any league, yeah, VAR or no VAR, it's a pen. Yeah, the first one that I actually said out loud, I said never. I was like, the first one I just knew. It, it, I didn't think it was a dive. I just thought it's never it's a pen in a million years. And then the, and like his, his momentum, you know, he's running and he's just sort of fell over. But again, O'Hare just pr- showing his worth. I don't know how many players would have reacted as quick as he did, you know. Yeah. A mistake from the goalkeeper. And he's grabbed his, like you say, his back of his calf, sort of his ankle. And he's got, I can't believe we didn't get a penalty for that. And that was actually probably in the spell in the first half when I felt we were in control. They'd had to haul off their striker because he wasn't pressing or doing whatever after half an hour. Yeah. And you sort of feel like, you know, again, moments change games. If we got a penalty and stuck it away, then, you know, their crowd, you know, I mean, they weren't, <laughs> you couldn't really hear them anyway, but they'd probably, <laughs> you might've heard them, you know, with a few groans and stuff. But again, it's, it's one of those, it should have been a penalty. I don't know what the referee, or like I said, the linesman is his side. It's literally right in front of him. Um, so disappointing. Um, and we had a couple of obviously other moments, but like you say, we did gift Cardiff some opportunities. Yeah, the guy who was dragged off, Max Waters, had a, a really good chance early doors, wasn't it? That mm. ball in between the centre halves, which is a point I want to talk about because it seems to have crept into our game at the moment that we can't seem to deal with crosses. We showed it against Reading when Lucas Zhao skipped in between two defenders. Um, who was the game the other week where we defended really poorly from the throw in? The three players and skipped the, the guy skipped across Bidwell near post. Oh, um, well, the, oh, yes, there was well, there was the one QPR when he, yeah, yeah the guy went in front of Bidwell and then yeah. Middlesbrough as well was from a from down that side, you know, that right side. And then we all got dragged over. So there's been a few, like you say, from balls in the box. It, and it's we, and it splits the defenders because they, they don't know whether to come or go or deal with it. You know, I mean, the ball is obviously a good ball, it's in between them, but that has crept into our game. Whereas I don't think pre-Christmas, we just dealt with everything aerially, especially yeah. Simon Moore. Simon Moore used to come out of the box. Oh, yeah, big get difference Get rid there. of everything. And that's a massive difference that's really I, I, crept in. Yeah, huge. Yeah, Simon Moore, again, I think he's been, you know, probably one of the top three or four sort of, you know, improvements this season, 100%. Yeah. And like you say, he, he would come and it was sort of Westwood-esque in terms of he'd come and he'd claim the ball and you felt 99.9% confident he was going to claim it. Just recently... Maybe since he's, he had COVID or the, the yeah the COVID or the injury or whatever it was, I don't know. He comes for balls and they loop up and I, I don't know. He sort of he's not claiming them. Do you know what I mean? They're, no. they're sort of dropping down and it, it's all a bit sort of he's in between. He doesn't know what he wants to do. Either he wants to come and try and claim it and mm. then he's too late to do so. Yes. So he has to then flap at it or he wants to punch it and there's no way to get it. And there's four, four bodies between him. Yes, exactly. To punch it properly. So you know he's he's in between at the moment and that's just a, I suppose down to a lack of confidence. Um, but I don't know where, where that's where that's come from, really, because he, you know he's kept us in games so many times this season. Okay, he's, there's been a few sloppy um, individual mistakes from him, but all keepers go through that, of course. Yeah. Um, but you know, recently, I don't know where that's that's come from. I, I can't really put my finger on it, to be honest. No, I mean it's coincided, as you say, with just our centre backs just looking, and it's the first time this season really I looked at Fads on Tuesday and thought. He looked a bit clumsy, yeah. you know. Yeah, um, that is a word I've I've come to to use in there tonight's running order. Clumsy, clumsy. I thought, pads. yeah, clumsy, sloppy. They're the two. Words I just think, and I just maybe again it because he hadn't played for three games, so maybe he was slightly rusty. But I just felt 
I mean, yeah, all three of them, they just didn't, earlier on in the season, like you say, especially when it's Rose, Hyam and Fads, they've played with each other you know, for so three years now. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. Like, it just recently just looked slightly off. And, you know, obviously we had the you know, discussion in our chat. I, I, I thought, you know, again, just that consistency, like Rose, you know, came in, played really well against Southampton, gets all the plaudits. And then he was at fault for potentially two, both Reading's goals, I think, um, the following week. And then he was really sloppy and got hauled off after that pass in the second half against I mean, he's Cardiff. absolutely knackered against Cardiff. You could see oh, he was absolutely yeah. shot by about 55 minutes. And that's where the chance for Hugo, which was the golden opportunity mm. in the game, especially for someone of his quality. You know, Rose was caught in possession at that point. You know, the ball, you know, was skipped past Fads. You know, clumsy again from Fads, dived in. More on that later, ladies and gentlemen. And he's, you know, Hugo should score and, and punish us from that point. Oh, he but should. He, he doesn't, uh, and that's where Rose obviously was was dragged off at that point. Yeah, I mean, it, it's very rare that we we get away with a mistake like that, mm-hmm. uh, and it's even rarer that we get given an op- opportunity like that, you know, from an op- opposing team. Um, and like you say, you could see the tiredness. You you could see it, especially certain players. I just felt. I don't know. I don't know what it was about Cardiff. Everyone just looked sort of, it was just like, looked like they're running through like sort of treacle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like Bidwell, there was no sort of, I don't know, that energy, forward energy, you know, to be sort of um, creative. It all felt like very safe, very like. Predictable. 100% predictable. predictable. Bang on. Like you, you just, you know, exactly, you know, you could be one step ahead and go, he'll pass to him. And then him, but it was, and that's fine if you're playing at that rhythm that we talked about earlier. Yeah. If it's a fast rhythm, you go, I know what we're doing here. Like earlier in the season, I knew how we were going to play, and it was exciting because it was quick, and the wing backs were really high up. Whereas suddenly, it's like we've gone, I don't know, almost gone back to, and maybe it is the tiredness, but like you say, it's just that beat too slow. So then by the time we know what we're doing, so do the opposition. And, and they've the already panic, come over. panic sets in as well, doesn't it? Because if something yep. doesn't come off, we seem to go into panic stations and try it even harder to do it. And we'll just need to relax. Yeah, just relax. Yeah. Ease your way into things and things will happen. But you're still going to have that intensity, still going to have that energy. And those are the two things that wins games more often in this division is, is energy and you know and and quickness that's what wins games in this division you look at all the top teams they've all got it they're solid somewhere they've got a solid spine and energy and speed wins matches all the top teams have got it and you know we've had it quite a bit this year you know Matson Dabo bombing down O'Hare coming in linking in things yeah. you know Allen buzzing around Grokres going on the run at pace going at defenders at pace and more often than not, we've we've reaped success from that. But that hasn't really been into our game over the last few weeks, and that is mainly down to tiredness. You know, the you know the the, the pure game mm. after game, week after week. You know, two games a week. It does it does zap the energy out of you. It does, it does, and um, and as you, you can see it across the team. You know, Todd Kane, another one who's been ever so good. His stats speak for him for themselves. He, suddenly, he he just looked like he. It's like he. You look at our players. It's like they know they haven't got that energy to go. Yes, I'm going to knock it past you. And you know what I mean. And yeah. sometimes Todd Kane would lose it, but his first thought would always be, "Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take you on. You. I'm going to try and take yeah, you on. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Successful or, or or not, that didn't matter because when he is successful, he then play the ball in, and you got O'Hare, like you say, buzzing around, feeding Vic. You know, or if we're playing the box, or if we're playing the two up top, whatever it might be. Suddenly, it gets to Kane, and you can almost feel like it's almost like he's gone. Oh, 
you know, or maybe 80%, do you know what I mean, in terms of freshness. So I haven't got that that extra 20%. Do you want me mm-hmm. to, to go at it all game? And that, that feels not just Kane, that's just an example, that's across the team. And so as a result, we just feel... We just felt very sluggish on Tuesday, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, the wing backs is a is a good topic to talk about actually because I brought it up against Reading when I was in the ground with the lads. So if we're yeah. going to play wing backs and you're going to play that system, then wing backs have got to show energy and willingness to get up and down, take a man on because there's absolutely no point playing with wing backs if you're not going to do that. If they're not going to go that extra thirty yards up the pitch. There is no point playing with wing-backs. You may as well play with four and have an extra man in midfield to try and control it there because that's the only way you're going to win. And, you know, I question if we're going to play Kane and Bidwell and they're both not going to do that forward, that extra forward run, then what is the actual point of playing with wing-backs? That's a good point. I mean, the thing is, you just have to look back to earlier in the season when I felt it was almost like we were playing a three, two, Four. Do you know what I mean? They would, they yeah, would be they that were so high up. up. Yeah. So it was like, so you, we always felt like we had width, but because we had the back three, it didn't feel like we were exposed because you, you, we had Alan Hamer or Sheaf and uh, Hamer or whatever combination sat in there. And I always felt that the ball would come up to Vic and he would 100%, let's say he's on the left channel, he'd have Matson there or on the right, he'd have Dabo. But suddenly, the last couple of games, it's like we are literally playing a five. And we look really narrow. So as soon as it goes up to the top one or top two on Saturday, There's only I'm thinking, one where's man the option? There to link off. Yeah. yeah. The, the only thing Whereas we can we do is literally train. Yeah, exactly. So I think, like you say, I think the wing back position, like you say, requires the most energy. And because we're suffering from tiredness and fatigue and a lack of freshness and energy, that is what that's the first part of our formation that crumbles and it, yeah. it doesn't work as efficiently as it should. And I suppose it doesn't because you're not playing Dabo and Matson in those roles. The to- Kane and Bidwell seem to be totally different options for those positions that are not going to give you that energy and that extra forward run. Yeah. So if that is the case, you have to change the system. You have to change the system to suit the players you've got. A hundred percent. And you know, I'm not going to hear and say, "Oh, yeah, we need to totally scrap," you know, whatever. But I think having a plan B, you know, and people got to remember. We, we, when we beat Bristol City at home, we obviously had Matson sent off. We went to a back four and we played absolutely unreal in yeah. that second half. Yeah. I'm not saying, but I'm, That's let's the way go to a back four all yeah. the time. But I'm saying as a plan B, like a, a plan, because I feel like we've got plan A and sort of plan A point two, which is like <laughs> the 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 far, the wing backs and either two one two or two two one. You know the box. Yeah. Where's the other plan, which is? A four at the back and put in, you know, have and play a diamond or something. Or whatever, like that, or four, three, three, yeah. or something, you know. False nine or something, something different. Yeah. That, 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 so, you know, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, predict- I, you it's know. that predictability, though, isn't it? I talked about it on Twitter the other night and I got absolutely hounded about it, about <laughs> how predictable we are. And people are, oh, not predictable, blah, blah, blah. Trust Robbins, blah, blah, blah. I trust Robbins 100%. Do not get me wrong. But there comes a time where you have to question that. You know, he's talking about energy. He's talking about lack of bodies. You've got fringe players on the box. You, uh, sorry, on the bench. Use them. Well, you know, uh, there's uh, your plan B. There's your other option. You've got them sitting there. If you're not going to do them, then yes, we are. Well, well, I am. I, I can't speak for everybody else, of course, but we are going to question why you're not using them. Well, I guess the thing is, is I think it was the Blackpool game, and we we were unreal for the like, we actually started unbelievable again. 
and disappointing goal. But then we came back and then we did look absolutely shattered like um, in that game in the second half. And then we had sort of had a second wind at the end and almost won it. But then Mark Robbins comes out. And again, like you, I love Mark Robbins, you know, hero. But he then said, oh, you know, we're looking really tired, but we only made two subs. I'm thinking, yeah. well, it, I, either I don't want to hear that we're tired. And if you only two, want to make two subs, fine. But if you're going to say we're tired and then there's players who need a rest, well, we've got, you've got another sub you can use. Yeah. And I guess that's the, the more, it's not like a criticism. It's more like, I want to know, do you really not trust those players on the bench then? Is that yeah. is that what it comes down that to? That seems to be the uh, case, doesn't it? The, yeah. the, there's obviously a lack of trust in his fringe players. And he's got a set, you know, 14, 15 players that he wants to use. He obviously can't add to that because of financial constraints or whatever. What have we got um, to lose? What, what, but we haven't you know, got anything to lose. We're not going to go down. No. We're destined for a top top half finish. So the way I look at it is, because it's almost like he, he's sort of reluctant to say, bring on, I don't know, a Jody Jones and whatever, in case defensively he doesn't do something and we and we lose the game. But But so what? Because we yeah. were never going to win the game because we looked so tired. Yeah. It's like with Tavares, you know, and I've read all sorts on the, the forum today and about, you know, but what, bring him on, bring these players on. You know, like what, what, we have got nothing to lose. This season's been surpassed all of our expectations from preseason. I, I didn't see anybody say, you know, with a serious face, oh, you know, yeah, we're, we're a stronger side than we were last year. Yeah, because we didn't sign certain individuals. Everyone thought we're... You know, we're in a, a mess and we've had an unbelievable season. Home form's been great. It's been probably the most enjoyable season I can remember going, you know, as, as, yeah, as a, for with sure, a season yeah. ticket. Every game, you know, barring one or two low, poor performances, every game I've, I've, there's been moments of excitement. That yeah. You, to get there, so, aren't you? And to watch so I'm thinking, it, yeah. Exactly. So I'm thinking, well, you know, just bring, make, make the change, you know, let's go for it. What we, what we got to lose? I mean, you know, we're not in the playoffs at the moment, so we can't lose our spot in the playoffs. We've already, you know, dropped out of that. Um, so let's just go for it. Um, the good thing we have done this year is we haven't lost back-to-back league games, which I think is a big thing. Like, so when yeah. we had that run where we sort of almost, it's almost like we used all our energy and everyone I heard all sorts, not necessarily commentary fans, but other podcasts, you know, that focus on the, the second tier <laughs> talking about how we'd thrown it away. I mean, Paul and Barry Shuckle. Yeah. <laughs> but, but they, we, we, we didn't actually lose many games in that second from our 11th game to our 20th. Yeah, we had a lot of draws, but they were against teams like Huddersfield. Look where they are, mm-hmm. Bournemouth. I still you know. can't believe this Huddersfield thing. I mean, yesterday was just an absolute joke. You know, going to Fulham and winning, it just shows oh. that in a couple of weeks' time, we got every chance of winning against Fulham. And I, the Huddersfield is just, mind, the mind boggles how they're yeah. in that position. We we played them. They were they're another team to put in the the tally of who we played off the park. And we, yeah. it, but it took a ninety third minute equaliser. You know, we should be we should have been. I remember watching that game, and we should have been. It's just the same old story. We should have been out of sight in the first half. Like yeah. we should have. O'Hare should have scored a brace. Gordon could have scored. And then you're thinking, and Alan hits the post. You're thinking, it's how like they it takes got away? Tw- twenty chances to you know for for one to drop. <laughs> Uh, it does. It, it does feel like that. It does feel like that. I mean, how many times have we had it over twenty attempts in a game this season? Yeah, incredible amounts. Yeah. So. Well, let's let's try and wrap up Cardiff then, because we, yeah. you know, just a couple of things to to talk about. Let's talk about the the goals. Um, so Bagan, obviously, with that first goal, the curling effort. I don't think there's much we could actually do about that, other than get to the ball quicker, I suppose. But Sheaf's done all ends up at this point. But oh, the guy hook, takes like, it. hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, Sheaf was the, done. But the guy. 
guy took it round in the years. Not much you could yeah. do about that finish, I suppose. No, great on his weak foot, and he actually scored again uh, for Cardiff against Blackpool. So it's yeah. three and three for him. So no, great finish, and it was one of those which. Yeah, it was almost, it was totally out of the blue. You know, I didn't feel yeah. like a goal was coming. No, um, yeah, it, it just felt really a null and void game, didn't it, at, at that point. And we were just waiting, are we going to respond well or not mm-hmm. so well? Um, and, I, well, I guess you can almost say we did because we had an opportunity, didn't we? The, a the, goal big, the big chance, yeah. Uh, obviously a great ball, wasn't it, from O'Hare? And oh. I think, for me, I think Vic does everything right here. He gets the ball, heads it down powerfully, but, you know, the keeper's in the right place a at great the right save. time. And makes a good save. I know yeah. Andy was in the, the WhatsApp saying, you know, got to go across the keeper at that point. But that is super hard to do. When the ball is coming at that pace and you're running onto it at pace, you know, just get something on the but ball. He heads it low. He, yeah, he's a strong header. It's low. So, I mean, if he'd, if it had been the nice height for the goalkeeper, you'd sort of, I, I, I'd sort of agree more. But he gets it proper low and the keeper gets across. Um I mean, I thought it was a goal. I, I, I sort of leapt up, you know, <laughs> thinking we'd uh, scored. But that was... That was it, wasn't it, for us at yeah. um, that moment? You sort yeah. of felt like that moment went and you felt the game did as well. Yeah, it did. And obviously it went completely at about 86 minutes <laughs> when uh, Harris skips past a couple of challenges. Fads again with that, that lovely uh, clumsy diving that he likes to likes to do. Classic Fads, I, I feel, sometimes when he dives <laughs> in. Uh, but again, you know, finishes well. And that was the end of, of the game. Uh, man of the match for you? Oh, it's hard to it's hard, isn't it, to pick a man of the match in but for that, that one, kind of I performance. I, I, I don't want to give it to anyone on the. I, I was so. It's again. I can count on one hand how many times I felt like this this season, but I just felt like that was a really poor game. I need to erase it from my yeah, memory. There's, sort of there's a lot of players just not in. You know, the reckoning was there. Bidwell was yeah. non-existent. Shipley was non-existent in the game. Yeah. Those kind of things. Up for me, I'll probably give it to. Ben Sheaf. Sheaf, I agree, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's very, very slim pickings at that point. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Okay, let's move on to the Barnsley game at the CBS on Saturday. Three changes for the Sky Blues. Martin Waghorn, Jake Clark, Sultan, Ian Matson back in the side. Still missing Gus Hamer after that stupid yellow card against Reading. So suspended (laughs) for this final game. Uh, Thoughts on the team, Ross? Well, I think it was it was a team I was excited to see. Um, you're playing a team who are bottom of the league, having been overtaken by a team who started on minus 21 points. Mm-hmm. They've won three games all season. One of them happens to be against us. I mean, they they are going haven't down. Won in, haven't won in Coventry for, for well 80 years, so everything was right for them to get a, a structure on their way, wasn't it? I, I thought, I thought, <laughs> of course. I I actually. I was certain that we were going to lose this game up until they beat QPR two weeks uh-huh. ago because I thought they're not going to win another game <laughs> until they play us and then they're going to overcome the hoodoo. But when they beat QPR, I thought, actually, no, I think I think we should do them. The team was good because, uh, well, you know, I wanted to see two up top at home again. I think, yep. you know, again, there's been a lot of criticism aimed at Waghorn. Earlier in the season before he got covid he, him and Vic had a good partnership. Now, Wagon wasn't yeah. scoring the goals, but he was contributing a lot to the team. Now, I can't necessarily necessarily say this, say he's contributing the same level now in the recent games. I was disappointed with him in this game. But I thought he warranted a start because he's not had a start since the Luton game. Yeah, which was, you know, monstrosity. So, I mean, he and he's only played. I don't, I don't think he's been given more than 25 minutes in a game. I, I checked the other day. So, not, I, not I was, since returning, for sure. No, yeah. not since returning. So, I thought, you know, two up top, I thought Matson back in. 
energy uh, because Bidwell just looked laboured on Tuesday. Yeah, did, so I yeah. felt like Matson does give you that forward uh, energy, doesn't he? Um, yeah, he probably lacks. Obviously, we've we've mentioned that he lacks that defensively, but mm, what he gives you attacking-wise, yeah. especially at home, you'd expect to be on the front foot more often than not. It probably warrants a start over someone like Jake Bidwell, which is the safer option away from home, I suspect. He's, he's a safer option. I still think he's betting in, you know, to understanding yeah. how we play. And then obviously, like you say, Rose, he was sort of dropped out and Clark's Holt came in, which I think, again, I thought he was sort of unlucky to lose his place initially, uh, to be honest, you know, because he does offer that balance, doesn't he, across the, the back line. So, um, yeah, I was pretty happy with the team. And it was also exciting to see... Uh, you know, uh, don't look back. Don't look back, Denanga on the bench. Um, I was about to say it's nice to see someone like Denanga on the bench. I, I put a little tweet, a little bait. Why is he not starting? A couple of people took it, of course. Um, <laughs> after a lot of chat in the week um, about Tavares, etc. But also Dabo back amongst the um, the bench mm. as well, which is great to see. And obviously he came on during the game. Yeah, no, it was a. The bench didn't look as strong as it as it did because no, obviously with yeah. the obviously Godden the setback of hearing that it's going to be another four weeks for him and still you know Kelly and Eccles sort of out for a period of time and obviously Jones no Jody well. Jones. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the bench didn't look as strong, but I I looked at this team and thought we we should have enough uh, to, to beat these and we should want to respond from that drab performance uh, in midweek. I saw someone on Twitter saying why why is Kyle Walker not made the bench in the last six games as well. Which I thought was quite funny. I'm sure I'm, I'm not. Obviously, I think they're trying to talk about Tyler Walker, but unfortunately, yeah. didn't pay for for us anymore. Um, now let's let's talk about the Tavares situation because a lot of people are obviously been gunning for him to to appear, and obviously he did appear in this game. Um, a lot of people talking about you know him starting and stuff like that is you know it's kind of a wild assumption that he would start a match, but. When you have someone of his capabilities, shall we say, or potential, maybe, um, is you know, is him throwing him, you know, in a game at home, the right thing to do, or would you rather see someone like that from the bench? I, well, I certainly think I think he's got to start coming off from the bench. I mean, it was it's taken this long for him to play five minutes, you know, plus injury time. So, I mean, and that's not his fault because he's done absolutely everything he possibly could for the under-23s. Remember last season, Max Biyama was done and then yeah. he he scored every game and he, he fought his way. And so Tavares has done everything he possibly can do. Obviously, we don't see what happens in training. Clearly, I think Robbins has you know, been quoted as saying he needs to get a bit stronger, but he's got something that we haven't got in our team. Pace, like raw actual pace, yeah. raw pace. So I, I want to see him given more opportunity from the bench. I'm not going to say he should be starting. But then I also go back to what I said not long ago. We haven't got anything to lose. You know, I mean, we were nil-nil at home. I, I texted my friend who I normally go to the games with. He wasn't there. I said, it's 75 minutes in. Nil-nil against bottom of the league. Who started, who been overtaken by someone on minus 21 points. And we haven't and, made a single sub. And it's flat. And it it's flat. flat. It was the work because Barnsley didn't say anything all game, their fans. So I was thinking it was the flattest it felt. And it, it felt like old school, old school it, Rico vibes, it, didn't it? It did. It did. And I've not had that at all. And it, it needed something to spark a bit of life. And I saw Tavares get warming up and I thought, okay, he's going to give him, you know, a quarter of an hour plus injury time. And then he sat back down and put his training top on again. I thought, I thought my wagon. He's winding us up here. He's I thought, I thought, us up. I thought, I thought he's, te- he's teasing, Martin, teasing us. But I thought, <laughs> and Mar- I thought Martin Waggon. I like him, but I thought he, I thought he had a really poor game. Yeah. Um. I, I was really disappointed. I thought he actually looked leggy. Like, he looked leggy. Yeah. And, and his passing, his touch, you know his 
hold-up play was not was just lacking. So then him and Vic, he didn't compliment Vic how he was earlier on. So as a result, no. he doesn't. You know, he's not going to score loads. And then when he's not doing the other part of his game, I sort of was going, well, what? What's going yeah. on? He had that chance then in that first half where Vic, you know, cost the ball for him, and you know, it was a difficult chance. But someone of his quality, you know, on his on his be, strong foot, on his strong foot, you know, I know it's tough to control the ball when it's coming across your body and you're running onto it, but the boy's got bags of actual quality, proper yeah. footballing yeah. quality, and the the shot was lackluster. It was scuffed. It just didn't even look like he wanted it or wanted to give it a good attempt. It was just a really, really poor effort. And the crowd sort of turned at him from that point because he didn't really give, you know, one iota, I thought, or of effort from that point in the no, game. No, it was a lack of enthusiasm. And I think, and like you say, you want to see, I want to see him. It's almost like he's lacking with a bit of confidence that, you know, I think a fully fully uh, sort of fit, fresh, confident Mike Waggon. You know, like you say, he's got the ability to hit that first time, a minimum on target, hit that yeah. clean and score. And I think he needs a moment. And I, I really thought this was the game. I thought, playing bottom of the league, yeah, get him a goal, you know, and then that could change That could change, change him. It's like, look at Vic. He was appalling in that game against Stoke first half, and then he yeah. scored, and then he was back to his yeah. the Vic of old, and he was a different yeah, different player. Look at the first 10 minutes in this game. He made those oh. gut-busting runs again at their defence, who their their defence looked absolutely leggy as hell in that first 10 minutes. And I said to my dad, I said, we're going to get chances here for, for days. You know, they, they're they all over the gaff. They can't pull out as a, as a unit. You know, they can't keep up with Vic. We're yeah. going to get we're going to get efforts here, but we have to take efforts because, you know, more often than not this season, we don't seem to take the chances when they arise. Well, this was the thing that frustrated me about this game was we got in twice, like I say, Vic got in really good positions and he decided to just tickle the ball he, to the goalkeeper. He needs to look up a bit more, doesn't he? He does, he does. But And if he but if he shoots, he just didn't hit them at all. No, con <laughs> like, con no conviction. No conviction. And you almost like, I, I saw afterwards, I was like, I want to see, I wanted, and I kept... I was thinking, I want Waghorn to get a chance. Do you know what I mean? Like one, yeah. and see if he can like, you know, hit it, hit it cleanly. And obviously then he did get that one, which he, you know, sort of just caressed sort of, you know, wide. And he had one in the second half, which was similar. Um, and then before he got sort of taken off, but we've got to take the chances. And again, O'Hare, you know, I just thought it was sloppy. I thought first half, I thought first touch, our first touch had just vanished. Yeah. Like, and the passing as well was, oh, was pretty goodness. bad. It, it, it was, but it was one of them where I was like, I, we Barnsley were still, even despite us being so sloppy, we're yeah. still nowhere to be seen. But we um, were so in control. But it was it was that quality, wasn't it? You know, the quality yeah. not showing. Uh, there was obviously more quality on show than against Cardiff, but still not enough to you know to break through teams at this at this level. No, and we like you say that the word is conviction. And there was that one chance where O'Hare had it. He definitely was not going to shoot and then was going to yeah. try and slide it through to Waghorn. And then he delayed and then Waghorn was offside, so he couldn't pass it to him. So he then had to shoot. And again, it's just straight at the goalkeeper, you know, and he hits it well. But again, it's just, I just, I, I sort of just, I've got to the point, I'm just waiting for one just to fly in. And yeah. it's just every time it's just the keeper. But, uh, but ring the he, klaxon, at least it was on target, for God's sake. Well, you know, we've been bemoaning that we're not getting yeah. shots on target, especially from O'Hare. And at least, at least he got this one on target. Yeah. It was, um, and and thing with O'Hare again, he, in those positions, I, I know he's got the, you know, 
it's going to come. It will, it will come for him. And we say it all yeah. the time. But he, he works so hard. And again, I can't fault his effort. And that, I guess what you said, that's what frustrated me about my Wagon's performance. I felt, I, I don't know, I don't like to say it with this team, especially in this Mark Robbins era. There's not been many players where I can go, oh, you know, I, I didn't feel like he really he wants it worked that hard. Yeah. I didn't feel like he worked as hard as, you know, Mike Wagon and I always thought was, he's not going to score those goals for us, but he's an absolute workhorse. And he's going to, do, he's going to be like selfless for the team. You know, he'll be involved in the build-up play. But is, this, thought, is this because he's just coming back from from injury, though, that we're not seeing this? Maybe well, the lack of sharpness, match fitness? Well, well, potentially. But then but then, then it comes to the point we were talking about before with Tavares. So it gets to the... Seven, I was done, I was sort of done with Martin Wagon for that game. You know, after, after 65 minutes, I, I thought 70 minutes. I thought we need some pace to get in behind because he, he was looking so slow. Yeah, and I thought you know we've got one striker on the bench. There's only one option. Surely Mark Robbins is going to have to bring him on, and it, and like I say, so he teased us, and then kept what Mountain Wagon on for another ten minutes, and he's explained it's to get more ten mil, ten more minutes in his legs for what for so he can be more leggy on Tuesday night. I don't, I don't, yeah, it's, uh, I don't it's know. But obviously, he was brought into the fray in the yes. was it the, the 80th minute or something like that. The biggest 85th minute, biggest cheer of the day that so far. I was about to say, it was like the second coming of Christ, wasn't it? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> but you know what it it, it did? It had it the desired effect. It, yeah, it lifted the crowd, didn't it? A second, it, wind, a second it, wind effect for sure. Because this guy, he's not just been scoring the odd goal. He's been scoring braces in almost every under-23s game. He's yeah. So to me, that tells you, okay, he might there might be some aspects of his game need improving, but he's got rapid pace and he can finish. He clearly he can knows score. Where the goal is, he knows yeah. where the goal is. So you know that what? That doesn't change from under twenty three no. football to, to professional football. No, ladies and no. gentlemen, the goal is in the same place. And and also, he's a striker. So what have we got to lose? What's the worst thing that happens? He doesn't score. It's not like we bring on a centre back who then could try and play out and, and yeah. mess up and then they score. What's the worst thing that's going to do? He's just not. He's not going to. He'll do what Martin Waghorn did and not do very much. Well, that's, it's something that... like I said last week. You just need to be a bit more braver at times yeah. because you know we have got quality, but if we don't show that bit of bravery, then we, we, you know, you never know what you might might not have. It, it was frustrating though because every time we got the ball, all anyone in the crowd crowd wanted was to see us play through ball for Tavares to like run, yeah, to run and to, everyone yeah. was over hit like you wouldn't believe <laughs> and then there was one where O'Hare got the Top ball floor. O'Hare's running and you're thinking we've nicked it off him and you're thinking mate play the ball through him and he just waited so long O'Hare that he got tackled and everyone was thinking oh you know um, but he was I couldn't tell who scored either because he was stood right next time yeah. like, he was at the yeah. other end it I was thought... weird because I put a bet on I said to my dad I said, you know this is typical Coventry City. We've been begging for this guy to come on for the last 12 months, it feels like. I'm going to stick a couple of quid on. Um, and he was 25 to 1 for the next goal scorer. I thought, oh, go on, he's bound to score. And obviously, when the goal happened, he was standing right next to him. I said, oh, it was great. Obviously, I am scored, but Tavares is standing right <laughs> next to him. It could have been it. double celebration. But, but what he did is what I said Wagon didn't have. And what across the team, really. He had that energy. He like he rat, like sprinted on. I thought, you know what, this guy. Did he touch looks... the ball though, Ross? He did. He did. He did a lovely little. It was almost like the the Ryan Giles, you know, cameo against uh, Rotherham a couple oh, of okay, years ago right, when he did yeah. that little dribble and cross, and everyone <laughs> raved about it. Tavares picked it up on the corner. He's, he's going to be a star, he's, isn't he? Right? He, he cut in. He did a little step over, cut in, and put a decent cross in. Um, it reminds me like... of a young Cristiano. 
mate, I, I thought it was Eusebio. I thought, I thought, I thought <laughs> this guy. But no, I, I want to see more from him. And look, Godden's out for four weeks. Tyler Walker's out on loan. We haven't got another striker. So p- let's play him. I, I, I think, you know what? I, I think given more minutes and actually some service, because like he didn't touch the ball enough. Um, so I couldn't really you know, comment on you know, what he did with the ball. But he was shaping his runs. And I, I actually think he could offer something that we haven't got, you know, pace. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, the games are coming thicker fast. I know we play Tuesday, Saturday, and then we've got a week off, which is, you know, sort of a saving grace. But after that, mm-hmm. it's back to the, the harsh reality of, you know, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday for the next four weeks. So, you know, games are coming thick and fast. You know, Godden probably won't be available now toward, till towards the end of March. And by that time, we've, we will have played another seven games. So, you've got to throw him in at some point and just give him the opportunity because there's bound to be games, you know, I'm looking at the likes of, you know, Preston, leggy defence, Luton, you know, Pace will probably be the the key in that game. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're the type of games where he could come to the come to the, the forefront and and be um, a real asset for us. But well, until we play ball, we don't know. But Vic has got strength. He's got good pay. He runs well with the ball. And I always look at it, I always think of it like this, you know, Playing under-23s football is one thing. And everyone always says, you know, playing men's football with the first team, completely different animal. But and that's but that's the same to training. So he's only going to be able to show so much in training. And unless he's given the opportunity to see if he can, you know, will sink or swim with the first team, we've got to put him on. And and this is the point I was, and I said to you in, in, the, in the sort of chat and that about when we let Walker go out. Walker was only, he was only bringing Walker on, to be fair, in the 88th, 89th minute every game to, to, to stand up and not look very enthusiastic and, and yeah. stuff. So at least with this guy, he he's buzzing. You know, he wants to. This is he made his debut. He'd be buzzing to play a part in the next few games. I'm not saying start him. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think he's. How can he warrant a start when he's? You know, he's literally played once of appearance. But um, but I want to see more of him. I don't. I don't want Robbins to be afraid of of using him. You know. Yeah, a lot of people saying like people are being too enthusiastic about this situation with having someone like him on the bench, but. And, you know, trusting Mark Robbins, we, like I said earlier on, we all trust Mark Robbins. It's, it's not a case of trust. It's when he makes statements saying that we're lacking energy, bodies, et cetera, et cetera. And you've got players like him on the bench and you're not using them. Then it sort of contradicts what you're saying in those post-match and pre-match conferences. Yeah, 100%. And that's exactly I'm not saying the he's the second, you know, the, 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 you know, the next big thing. But until yeah. you throw him into the deep end, you're never going to find he- out. He might not, and he, he might not be good enough. Ultimately, you know, again, we've we've been improving as a club so much. He, you know, there's been other players we've signed, and we've almost out progressed them. He could be another one. We will never know. Um, but what does it's and it's not like we're picking some random player from the under twenty threes. We're picking someone who scores hat tricks, braces. It seems every single game, like his name is always there. And I'm thinking, well, what more? What, what more can he be doing? Like, like I yeah. said, Max Biama last year, we were all clamoring for him to be. Uh, brought back into the team because he was performing for the under-23s. Bakayoko, other players, didn't do that. They didn't have the same scoring record for the under-23s. You know, and this guy, he's a young lad. He's got pace. Clearly, obviously, needs to work on certain things. Give him 10, 15 minutes here and there. I don't see the harm in that uh, at all. Absolutely. Let's um, let's talk about the goal then, because one thing I think we have done this season much better than previous ones is recycling the ball well, especially from sort of set pieces. Okay, we got a bit of luck with the poor clearance, but she's putting that ball back into the danger area, and obviously the clearance is poor. But you know, a striker's finished from Dom. 
but that doesn't happen unless we recycle the ball from that corner. Oh, no, 100%. And you, you bang on. How, and that's why I think we've scored so many late goals this season yeah. because the initial ball might have gone away. I, I, Bristol, I remember, you know, and Kelly picked it up. He then played the ball back into the danger zone. And like you say, we got a, you know, a bit of good fortune in terms of the... From a cough kid as well. From a cough kid, you know, slash sort of clearance. And uh, I, bet, I bet Andy was delighted, you know, hi, I'm again, you know, <laughs> scoring again. Um, you know, with that's a, the voodoo doll put away for another week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it was I? I say I, I, I honestly I love Dom Heim. I think I think he's been really. He stepped up to the plate this year a, a lot more, and you know he's he's come. You know, yeah, he's getting high praise for sure. Though you know every defender goes. We you know we talked about it earlier the season. He had a couple of sloppy games. Every yeah. defender goes through that. You know, Fads is probably going through that phase now, and he's been rock solid all season. So you know, you know full marks to to Dom. He's he's really put in the effort this year and you know he's been handed the the armband for a couple of times and he's really taken to that too hasn't he yeah i, I think he really has I, i'd quite like to see that next season to be honest I, yes, I, think... I think liam kelly will probably be showing the door in the summer which is a shame but well, i was going to ask fads... you about this to be fair because i obviously we gave fads this one year deal um and we gave kelly a two-year one which sort of surprised me at the time because i sort of saw them in the same sort of light and obviously kelly has struggled uh to play last time we played i think it was that middle game which was honestly but a horrific game. Um, Does that so even not, happen that game? I'm not sure. It's a raise from I'm my I'm not memory, sure that is. Um, but um, so I was going to ask you actually about what you think will happen uh, with, with Kelly. But just quickly on Hyam, I think he is the defender. And, you know, that we have the debates in our group and all the fans will have who they think the best centre-back is. And, and I, I really do like Rose. I think his passing is probably the best, best ball-playing centre-back. But Hyam is the one that Robbins goes to. I think I think oh he's probably the one he trusts. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I think reliable. And he does make mistakes, as they all do. Clark Salter's made mistakes. Fads has been clumsy. You know, and Rose has been clumsy in, in recent games as well. So I think n- none of them are perfect. But I think Hyam just has that sort of I don't know. He just seems to he seems to make mistakes and then comes through the bad spell and then improves. And I go, wow, yeah. he looks even better now. Um, so yeah, fair play to him. But and, and yeah, the, the captaincy. We need a captain who's playing every game, you know. Yeah. So, talk to me about Liam Kelly then. What you yeah, think. I mean, it's disappointing. I, I just think now it's every team goes. I was saying this on the uh, EFL debate show the, the other night. If you haven't watched it, go onto my Twitter and have a look. And you can look back at an hour of great chat between me, Gab Sutton, and a guy from Sheffield United. Plugging over content on here. I can't be doing that. Andy will have my uh, balls and advice. But we spoke about transition periods in teams and I feel kind of like we're probably coming to a point now where we've had we've got quite a lot of players that have come with us on the journey from League Two and League One. Yeah. And now we're in the championship. We're you know we're, you know we're swimming in a different pool of fish basically. And it's probably the time now where we need to look at those players who are sort of on the precipice of the first team and you know not maybe not appearing as much or you know coming to sort of you know ages in their career where they need to move on and we need to move forward as a team and the only way to do that is to obviously replace players so I do feel like it could be Fads' last season with us I know he's had a great season but we're going to if we want to move on we're going to need more unfortunately and you know Robin's got this way of playing with ball playing centre-halves I don't I think Fads is probably fourth choice in the ball playing centre-halves if we if we look at it that way Um, but you know no 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 taken away from his sort of leadership qualities. But I just feel like those two are probably at the sort of the top of the list to sort of be replaced. 
and the captaincy situation, their leadership situation is is vital. And if those guys are not going to play every week, then the likes of Domheim is, then he's probably the the shoeing candidate to to take that. Or some someone maybe like Simon Moore as well, who seems to have mm-hmm. a, a big presence in the team. But I do feel like it's probably coming towards the end of their Coventry City careers, which is a shame. I love Liam Kelly. You know I love Liam Kelly wearing his pajamas now. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, it's just it's just a real shame that it, it, the injury stuff is is obviously hampering him too, yes, which is. is which you know he's probably not going out on the terms that he wants to go out on. Um, but he'll be a real key asset in leagues one and two if he do, does decide to move on. Yeah, I I, uh, I agree. I mean, you also look at it with Jordan Shipley, his contract's up, he's yeah. part of that journey. And and it, so you look at it, and obviously Hyam's in that group, but Hyam seems to be the one who you look at and go, yeah, he's proved himself as a, like a regular um, solid championship defender. And Fads has, but the difference is Fads is like a lot older than than high you know Faz yeah. was younger happy days and i think i think Faz has been so much better this year than he was last year um i suppose uh, it comes down to how much money he's going to be wanting as well because you would have you would definitely have someone like him as a fourth choice in your team yeah. if he wasn't being paid a lot of wages that's 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 the be all and end all and you know obviously money is you know a sore subject of Coventry City football club so it might be that we have to continue with the likes of Fads if we can get a good deal. Yeah, and then you, and then Jody Jones, another one to put in that. You just in play that the group. situation as it arises, don't you, at the club? I suppose. Well, I I think I think the biggest thing that stood out to me from this week was we, regardless of whether Hamer stays or goes, regardless of whether Liam Kelly stays, we need another centre mid, nonetheless. Like regardless, yeah. you know. Yeah. So th- that lack of depth in central midfield was sort of alarming this week and sort of just stood out because we literally had Allen and, and Sheaf and, and that was, that was it for mm-hmm. 180 minutes, you know? And yeah. so, I mean, and then you, you know, so we've got Hamer back for this week. Um, so the summer's going to be an interesting one. I think there's going to, it will be a summer of change. I think, like you say, it's been a good four or five year journey and there's some players who have been on us uh, with us for that whole journey. And, uh, you know, it might be time for the next Sort of, you know, the next journey to go on. The next yeah. journey to start. So, you know, it'll be an interesting summer. I do think we might lose one or maybe two of our players, but as long as we're there ready to reinvest, we'll we'll have a budget that from a, a season of actual fans of having attended, you know, it's quite easy to you know forget that this year, you know, we're on the back of a season, you know, at St Andrews when we didn't have any fans going. So I think there's a lot to be excited about. And I think the thing I think the reason why people get frustrated, and we all do, because we all get emotional, we all want to get the playoffs this season, even though we'd have all took probably 14th if you'd offered it us, you know, an improvement on last. It's because we are so close. I think that's yeah. what we all see. We're not far away at all. You know, like you say, you look at Huddersfield and some other teams and QPR, we absolutely battered QPR at home. And, and the list goes on. And Middlesbrough are away, but we just haven't got the results. And you just think we're just another attacking mid or a centre mid or, you know, a little moment away from being that team. And hopefully that can be be it next season. But this season's not over and we're actually three points off the playoffs. We're in yeah. a decent spot. I mean, you talk about, you know, being, you know, maybe the, a lot of fans were probably thinking, oh, that's it, we're all over this week. We're still in the mix, three points yeah. off. Um, still got those games in hand over Huddersfield too. And we, um, you know, they've got some really tough games coming up 
as well. And obviously they beat Fulham yesterday, so tough games means absolutely nothing mm. in this league. So um, it'll be interesting. Um, let's just finish off with the Barnsley game. Let's get your man of the match from from there. Man of the match, I'll, I'll give it to Dom Hyam. I think I thought he was solid defensively. You know, he used the ball well, um, and yeah, he was the match winner because it was a must-win game. I, I felt for the for the playoffs. I felt like I felt if we a draw or a defeat, just it it left us all with a real deflated feeling. So great finish from him. Uh, the passion and the celebration, I love to see it. So yeah, Dom Hyam for me. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Okay, let's end this week's podcast with a look at the next two fixtures, which are against Bristol City on Tuesday at Ashton Gate. Still called Ashton Gate, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so, yes. They haven't got some random sponsor like (laughs) selectcarleasing.com. I think it's Ashton Gate still, yeah. Okay, perfect. And then um, the Northerners travel down to the CBS Preston North End are in town on Saturday. Um, Ross, we've talked about pivotal weeks quite a bit over the last few weeks, but I suppose no more so than this week, two teams below us in the division. Yeah, it's a week where it's two teams that if we're on our game and we find that freshness and we find that energy and we find that increase in tempo, there's six points of, uh, there for us to get, 100%. Um, we need to get another away win. We need to improve that as much as we can. And then at home against a, a Preston side who, who just, you know, are, are doing nothing at either end yeah. of the table, it's another winnable game. But it's they're also the sort of games that if we play like we did against Cardiff, we could find ourselves sleepwalking into two defeats. Yeah. So it, it, I, I honestly think if we can get four points from the, this week, I'd be successful very, very week. happy with that. It'd be a very successful week. Yeah, that first game against Bristol for me is probably the potential banana skin. You know, they're coming off a, a really good victory against, you know, promotion chasing Middlesbrough 2-1 at the weekend. Uh, although Bristol haven't won back-to-back games at home all season. So, it's so there we go one. then. That's a Bristol City win. There we go. <laughs> That's Bristol City 1, Coventry City nil uh, for, for Tuesday night. No, uh, obviously we're... We're only kidding. Um, but it's, you know, Bristol know, you know, they haven't played well this year. They're probably expected to do a lot better than how they have played. Um, but they do have some dangerous players. Obviously, Andreas Feynman is, is back 16 goals and seven assists this season. But so a great, a great return for him um in this team. So they have and obviously Chris Martin is a, a bit of a, a championship stalwart. So, you know, they they have got, you know, dangerous players that we're gonna have to be wary of. Yeah, 100%. And I think if the game, it, I think honestly, for me, it all comes down to our our energy levels and our tempo. If if, at, if the game and we our tempo is sort of in line with theirs, it, it's on a knife edge and we could end up losing to, to a sloppy goal. The, the teams like when we beat Bristol earlier in the season and, and Fulham and all these other teams, Peterborough, they couldn't live with us because of, and I remember, you know, Cardiff, we beat them 1-0 at home and even one of their players after Tuesday night said, uh, Will Volks, I think, said, you know, it was 1-0, but we got absolutely battered, you know, at, at the CBS yeah. because we just overran them. And it was the same when we did that with 10 men against Bristol. We we were far too good for them. Yeah, they just it's couldn't deal with the pace and energy. Well, that's that's the thing, and we've spoken about it quite a bit. It, so, it, to me, it, I mean, I don't know how, you know, Robins after Barnsley said, we're still feeling the effects on Southampton extra time. So, oh, how I don't know how we're going to go from feeling it on Saturday to not feeling it on Tuesday. So, 
I saw, I feel like it's going to be a slog of a game. I yeah. don't, you know, and I think... They're a classic counter-attack inside as well. Yeah. So, you know, we've got, you know, it's all about, you know, being our conviction. You know, if, yeah. if we go there with the right intent, the right mindset, you know, there's no reason why we can't come away with a positive result. But you have to have, you have to be switched on at all times against someone like Bristol, especially away from home. Yeah, it, it's these sort of games which, if we eradicate mistakes, then I think we get a positive result. It's, it's always these games where I sort of go, always, you know, always on the red button, I find. It's just like a curse, you know, where we press in the way. camera coverage. Ugh. Yeah, and press in the way, you know, where it mistakes and you, and you sort of go, the game finishes and you sort of go, how do we like lose that? Because they, How do we they lose were... that? And why have I just wasted two hours of my life? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> especially especially after Mark Robbins against Cardiff said, came out and said, well, you know, that was the sort of best performance we could have hoped to have got. I was like, well, I wish oh, you'd told well, me that great, before yeah. the game started. Could you not <laughs> tell that to the thousand Cov fans that travelled as well, <laughs> if you're expecting to play that badly, but please? I um, I think it's two... I think four points would be great returns. Six would be obviously unreal. I think, yeah, uh, we need to go there and, and come away with a result on, on Tuesday. And obviously... We've got the likes of Hamer back in the fold. Should be fresh. Uh, Dabo obviously got six minutes or whatever it was on, on Saturday. Obviously, that's not going to help with the fitness that much. But uh, <laughs> it's nice for him to, to to be in the fold. And, you know, just having a couple of na- different names back in the, the squad is is vital. And, you know, it just, just gives you that little bit of edge in regards to options for, for Mark Robbins. So, we might see some changes. Uh, let's go with some predictions then. Uh, we'll take both this week from from you for the tweet league too. So I'll, I'll go Bristol, with obviously Bristol City. I'll go with a a one one a one all draw. Okay, so one one and the Preston game. A two nil home win. Yeah, I can't see anything other than a home win against Preston, but I. I, I... I just I hate... don't fancy us at Ashton Gate. It's just a, it's just an odd place to go midweek. Dark, dark, gloomy. The wind is going to be up again. Another storm on the way early in the week as well. So it's all about you know the mindset, isn't it? That one. So I just unfortunately I just can't see us coming away with anything. But we live in hope, Ross, as a Sky Blue fan, don't we? Yeah. That's that's all we can do. As long as we have a good performance, otherwise they'll get the uh, the storm of Dino and Ross afterwards at ten o'clock on Tuesday night. So <laughs> that seems a nice way to, to sort of end this week's yeah. podcast. Ross, thanks very much for for joining me. Really you. enjoyed your input. Um, as always, enjoy the games this week. Uh, big thank you to our sponsor, Shortland Horn, of course, for their continued support. And don't forget to get your predictions in for the Tweet League when predictions open this week. We'll be back next week. Same time, same place. But in the meantime, if you want to get involved with the conversation, check out the social media channels and use the hashtag Sky Blues Extra. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.